We start to get into a place in our relationship where I can say to Chad, I'm dysregulated, or maybe the wording is I'm feeling chaotic or it feels out of control and I need you. And I can trust and he can trust that he's going to join me and help me kind of regulate and get me back into a pace that's not only tolerable for both of us, but not so chaotic for me. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples Podcast with The Real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. All right, so continuing on in our series on a deeper dive into pursuers and withdrawers into their world, understanding them, motivations strategies, how those strategies backfire. I think it's important that we take an episode or two to discuss some of the healthier views. Like markers for, for like what is healthier, Yeah. right? Like ways that we recognize, hey, this is, this is maybe means that we're slowing down some of what we call cycles. We're able to kind of like do some things differently and, and what that might look like as you get to those stages. In the first episode of this series, we talked a little bit about a thing called escalation. And if we get into a cycle, some markers for what an escalated cycle looks like are it happens really quick. Chad will say, what, within a tenth of a second, I think? Yeah, it's super fast. Like, it, but, but that's how fast we can cue each other. It's like how quickly we can get a message that goes, oh, we're in trouble. And then right? the interaction plays out. Yeah an escalated cycle quickly goes into those strategies. And so yeah. you'll find yourself as a pursuer doing some of those pursuer strategies, ramping up, increasing volume, you know, possibly leaning towards criticism or control or uh, yeah. some of those correction, things. Whatever yeah, you correction. Want to call it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the withdrawer in an escalated cycle will really lean towards wanting to pull back, wanting to disengage, yeah, avoid. Yeah, yeah. So that is escalated cycles. And so the word escalated doesn't necessarily mean that energy a pursuer has. Escalated on a withdrawer's side is just really in their strategy. Suppressed energy. Yeah. 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 So now we want to talk for just a little bit and we'll do this episode on pursuers and the next episode on withdrawers about what a de-escalated pursuer looks like in that interaction with their partner in connection and in our secure attachment, what it starts to look at when we get that T out of that temp. Yep. It adjusts our, our ability to do something different with that trigger, and then we can play out how we possibly respond differently on both sides. Yeah. So let's dive in for the pursuers for just a little bit. Let's do it. I You know, when I think about pursuers, I think um, just awareness for a pursuer, like there's this kind of like, my body does something to me that I think is a big step. Just saying, hey, I noticed that I, I'm doing a thing. I think uh, a lot of times people look back and say, oh, in that fight, I don't like the way I acted then. But at present, in the moment, here and now kind of awareness that like, oh, this is happening. If you don't notice that, if you're not able to catch that, I don't think you could call yourself de-escalated. I think a lot of times that pursuers have used this explanation yeah. when they start to have an awareness of this emotion playing out, which is that we get hijacked by it. Yeah. It happens so fast before I know it, I am increasing my volume. I am increasing my speed. My hand comes out and I am starting to like point and yeah. direct and quickly come up with what everyone needs to do to make the situation better. 
It doesn't um, mean you can stop it, by the way. No. Just you have an awareness that that's happening. So that's yeah. the difference between escalated. It just takes over and is, and I'm in it or have already on the other side of it. And we've had the fight and I'm reviewing it, you know, using that created for connection or hold me tight language. We're reviewing the Rocky moment and recognizing the part we played in it. Yeah. And I think that's de-escalation for a pursuer isn't necessarily being able to stop the fight. No. And we are again, not pitching that if you're in a healthy uh, season of your relationship, you're not fighting. I mean, I think that two people with individual ideas and, and dreams, you know, goals, thoughts, yeah, all the stuff, they're going to have conflict. Yeah. They're going to yeah. miss each other. We have two lives that we're living simultaneously and they're going to cross, miss a tune, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So the goal, a healthy relationship isn't a relationship that never fights. That's not the goal. We want to make sure we, you know, emphasize that again. To have a fun relationship, to have heat, you have to have friction, right? So yeah. like. If we're going to have a healthy relationship, we should probably have friction at points. So a healthier perspective of a pursuer, healthier strategy is if I'm reviewing that we got in a fight or one, what Chad is saying first, that I'm aware something's happening for me. And if I, as a pursuer, can pump the brakes just a little bit and go, hey, something's happening for me. I can feel it happening for me. So to be able to articulate to my partner that there's something going on. I don't even necessarily have to have all the words. I think, again, that's a good thing that a pursuer has is a lot of words. And if a withdrawer knows what they're needed for in that, which if I say to Chad, it's chaotic in my brain, I got a lot of words, I can feel it. Can you just help me sort this out? Then a withdrawer is like, oh, maybe I feel like I could do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that awareness that something is happening, letting your partner into that is huge. Or even just being aware of it yourself, right? Or being able to, again, review the tape and not be so others focused. So if I'm reviewing that we just got in a fight and my idea is still my withdrawer got it wrong. This is where they missed. They should have done this. Withdrawer, withdrawer, withdrawer. And I'm so focused on my withdrawer's behaviors and still kind of holding the position that I'm right and everything I do is right. And my my activity is just a place of rightness, which sadly, that is what pursuers often think yeah. in health and in distress. And so that idea of going, wait a minute, what possibly was the part I played in this interaction? What possibly was a signal I was sending that got misinterpreted? And can I see where the, where the interaction kind of got offline and what can I do? We ask all the time, whose responsibility is it to try to repair a disconnection? Whoever can is the answer. So now a de-escalated pursuer can come back and go, oh, here's how I can repair this. And come to my partner and say, hey, I recognize that didn't go the way I hoped. This is actually what I hoped for. And so here's another marker for a little bit of a de-escalated relationship on the pursuer side is to say, I really, I just needed you today. I really just want your help. I really just want you to be close to me involved in this process. And this, the the message that I sent you was a message that sent you away and it didn't really relay that I want you. And so being able to actually share with your partner what you need versus going into strategy is such a benefit. Does that, how's that landing for you, the withdrawer, if you are receiving any of those, you know, strategies versus some of the more escalated ones? Well, I think as a withdrawer, it, it, 
it lands like I, I think I might be able to and I'm trying to think back you know we've been doing this for a long time but I'm like how would how do I first receive that and I'm like I'm like man it sounds it sounds like a, a bit of a cop out here but I'm like I remember you used to say something like I don't want to have to go to drama I don't want to have to use I don't want to have to trump drama yeah and yeah. I'm like I think that was your attempt to say I feel something going on with me yeah and and I don't want to go to that place so I need your help and I'm like for me, that allowed me to kind of stay a little more present and a little more engaged. I want to almost say that's the half step, though, because there was still something happening in my body that felt the drama coming on, yeah. that felt the energy coming on, and I couldn't slow it down. And I was trying to say to you, this is urgent, and I don't want to have to get your attention by being dramatic. I just need you to pay attention yeah. to what's going on yeah. for me. I didn't quite say it like that. Now, as we're, you know, further into our de-escalation and have an even more secure bond now, I can articulate some of that. But to be able to say, Chad, don't make me have to trump drama to get you engaged. Yeah. That is how I would say it, which is a little bit of a threat. And that's still escalated. But it slows down a little bit from me just going it is a right into But I, th I think that's de-escalation. I don't think de-escalation. I want to I want to say this. It doesn't mean that you have it fixed. It just means that you're not doing it the other way or as yeah. much, maybe. I'm not saying you won't get in a fight, but I'm like, it really just means that, okay, we have enough of the, the wheels are on the bus enough that we can kind of start to move again and feel like, okay, we're not fighting. So we can start to have like care back in the yeah. relationship. We're not letting a cycle or just our gut instincts dictate to yeah. us what we, what our relationship looks like. We're not letting this thing be taken over. So I think what you were doing was actually a marker for de-escalation because it says, Hey, yeah, not only am I not just um, letting this run me, but I'm actually saying, I, I feel this energy inside me. That's going to take us to a place where I will trump drama. And even though it sounds <laughs> threatening and it was a threat in some ways as a withdrawer, I didn't mind that as much. I'm like, okay, fine. It's a threat, but you were gonna anyway. Yeah. You're not. So. And it does say, yeah. hey, withdrawer, we both don't want this to get worse for me. And I'm telling you that if yeah. you don't come in right now with whatever the thing is I'm asking for, it's gonna get worse. Yep. That's a, a good cue for a withdrawer to go, okay, yeah, I don't want it to get worse. What do you need from me? You know? I, I do, as we're talking about this, I think it's a stretch to think that we could articulate that initially. Yeah. Like, and I'm that's like, why we want to talk about, this is like a continuum. Oh, sorry. I Escalated yeah, versus de-escalated. Yeah. Doesn't happen immediately. It's not a switch. No. Yeah. And also you can be de-escalated for a, a while. You can have a season where you're aware you're not getting into as many cycles or you're quicker to make a repair when you get into a cycle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, both of you start getting into deeper emotion and getting into newer place and, and feeling more secure in your bond. And that's new and that's deeper and that's vulnerable. And our bodies can go, uh oh, this is something new and vulnerable. And I don't know if I have it figured out yet. And I don't know if I can, uh, you know, if I want to let my partner into this space or not, or if, yeah. you know, all. So then all of a sudden, our bodies can get back into those kind of hyperactive strategies. And it can look like we're cycling up again. Or, or kind of getting back into bigger fights. And this is a, a, sometimes I feel like a trap for a pursuer. 
Because once we start to get a little de-escalated and we start to go, oh, wait a minute, my withdrawer is on my team. I can trust my withdrawer. We do a little bit of our dear friend, George Fowler, who is a therapist in New York and an EFT trainer, uh, has been a great mentor to us. But he talks about COCO, which we call co-regulating and then co-creating meaning. We start to get into a place in our relationship where I can say to Chad, I'm dysregulated, or maybe the wording is I'm feeling chaotic or it feels out of control and I need you. And I can trust and he can trust that he's going to join me and help me kind of regulate and get back into, we talked in the last episode, that pace car and get me back into a pace that's not only tolerable for both of us, but not so chaotic for me. Yeah. And if we get into that place and then are there for a while and it feels really good and we feel connected and things are going well, and then we get into a big fight or then there's a disconnect or a breach of trust or something happens, a pursuer's internal message is, why did you ever trust it? Why did you let him in? Why did you, and we almost beat ourselves up and immediately there go the walls again. There goes the protection again. And we can have to like relearn the things we learned to get to that more vulnerable place. And so de-escalation isn't a, once you're there, you're all, it's always, you know, yeah. you know, and all the de-escalation. I mean, and when we talk about, I want, there's two things I was thinking, maybe three or four actually now, but like, uh, thinking about Coco. That, that's something that George teaches to therapists, but it's something that we can use in our relationships also. I mean, that's really how it's designed. It's like, I can co-regulate with Angela and help her go, oh, okay, this isn't a bad, sp-. like he's with me. I, that is the distress, right? Like I'm not, I'm not valued, I'm not important, I'm not seen. So if, if I can stay with her in that bit of escalation, right? Like don't make me Trump drama. If I can stay in that space, I do co-regulate with her. I regulate some of her emotion, kind of like her, her affect can be like co-regulated by me. And then we can start to understand each other. That's why that meaning piece comes second because we can start to go, Oh wait, so you're feeling a lot. What do we need to get? Okay. Yeah. Where did this come from? What's happening? And Angela, you also, you made it like, and I, and I like this, but you have a, a take that says, oh, inside the relationship, you get vulnerable and, and I do something or don't do something, don't yeah. respond. And that causes you to feel the mistrust yeah. around your vulnerability. And I'm like, all of this is relational. All of this is, re- and, and that would be directly, I think that's true. I think also, you know what? Somebody loses a job. The uh, parents come to stay with you. There's 10, uh, maybe thousands of things that could cause distress, yeah. even if you've been at a de-escalated place. Because really, we haven't restructured what we do. We haven't really given a lot of new options Such necessarily. Point. Yeah, for like, sure. It, it's just this like, ah, uh, the distress came and I went back to my old My habit. old strategy. Yeah, my, what's, my muscle memory, whatever you want to think yeah. of it as. And so I think for especially pursuers, you know, this idea that if I'm thinking about what does de-escalation look like, it does not mean that we're finished. I've heard lots of pursuers say, we still have to deal with these big issues, yeah. whatever they are. And so I'm like, it doesn't mean we're done. It just means that we're not doing it the old way. I want to even go more specific and say, it doesn't mean we have smaller emotions. It doesn't no. mean we feel less. It doesn't mean we don't sometimes still feel like things are out of control or chaotic. I mean, that's a 
a misinterpretation and we want to make sure we're saying a de-escalated pursuer still has a lot of energy yeah still has a lot of emotion still feels big still strategizes still sees opportunities that things could be better and more efficient all of that exists there's just a different awareness around maybe even how i'm approaching my partner and how i am getting my partner to stay connected to me, which is what I long for. It's the bond piece, I think, that starts to shift. And I, he just now he's explaining Coco again, right? He's, he is uh, just reiterating that is something we talk to therapists about so that they can work with couples. And part of even our desire for this podcast is for it to be a therapy companion for yeah. couples who are trying to learn how to have a more secure connection understand a little bit of psychoeducationally what some of the things are that could help you know yeah. so this co- this idea of coco this co-regulation an escalated cycle where i'm chaotic and chad's strategy is i better get out of here and withdraw and he steps back leaves me abandoned yeah. and i get more escalated yeah. that is not helpful for either a de-escalated cycle is where I can possibly have some awareness that I'm getting hijacked. Say something to Chad like, hey, I don't want to have the Trump drama, but my body is telling me to make him know that this is urgent. And he goes, oh, she's trying to tell me something urgent. I'm going to stay engaged. And he doesn't abandon me. He comes closer to me. And I go, okay, this already feels better. Yeah. And now we're at a different level of engagement. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with this idea of de-escalation. Yeah. Slight little moves that you make in your relationship that help you stay connected in those times of distress versus creating disconnection. So on the pursuer side, awareness, rewording, less potentially... Uh, direction of Chad's behavior, of my withdrawer's behavior, and more insight on what's happening inside my body. And I remember early stages, I was even saying something like, my body is telling me to tell you what to do, but I don't think that's the best move. Like, that's what I said. Like, I don't know the answer, but can you help me? And even him being able to say, and we'll get into the withdrawers in the next episode, but like, I don't necessarily know what to do, but I'm here with you. Yeah. You know, that's a withdrawer. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But, but just that slight shift of pumping the brakes one time changes the interaction. Slightly giving an awareness to my process changes the interaction. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I think, man, it's so hard to alter that. I mean, and, and it does need... You know, for us to really solidify any of this, even to get to de-escalation, once you're there, it means that you have the opportunity to do something new. Yeah. Right. Before you get de-escalation, you can't really, it probably won't happen where you get responded to, whether you're pursuer or withdrawer, because that energy is going to do what it does. And then your partner is going to do what they do. And it's probably not move to comfort. It's probably going to be their own protection. And now you're in your old cycle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's important that we get de-escalation. It's important that you you find ways to say, hey, this is happening to me, right? Start to get a, a more internal focus. Yeah. Uh, really be able to articulate some of that in some way. You know, some people talk about cycles and other things. Yeah. But I mean, the more we can do that, the more we can kind of start to say, hey, this is what's happening for me. And I feel myself going to that place. 
the more likely we are to have a better conversation after that. Again, this de-escalation is not the end goal for relationship, just not fighting. So pursuers hear us saying that. Yeah. It's not that we're just trying to get you to calm down or anything yeah. like that. It really is that we're saying we can't have the other conversation as long as all this protection is running the show. Mm. I love that you're even saying that because what we're trying to do is really expose the deeper longing, yeah. which is that I long as a pursuer, I long for connection. I don't want you to go away. I want you to be close. I want you here with me. I want a partner in life and recognizing as a pursuer that some of my strategies are counterproductive to that longing is really the awareness that we're trying to shoot for. Yeah. And so let's talk for just a second before we get into our connect point about the process of time in what de-escalation can look like. So early on, a couple gets into their cycle, they're fighting a lot, they go, man, we're just missing each other and we don't want to. That's when you get into therapy, go to a workshop, start listening to the podcast or, you know, trying to do usually the pursuer first or the pursuer signs you up, read a book. Um, Here we go. You start to have some awareness. So then you start to go, okay, how do I now apply the awareness and this is in the moment it's really hard to we've talked about that before ninja move to be able to stop a cycle that's at play so the first real test that a couple is a little bit less escalated is that they can come back and do a repair and say hey that didn't go the way i hoped here's what i really hoped can you forgive my part of it active forgiveness work in relationship i really hoped that you would help me with the housework tonight because i was anxious and I'm overwhelmed and I just want to know that I'm still loved. That is the deeper desire that comes across when you walk in the door from a long day at work, like, can you help me with the dishes tonight or something like yeah, that? You know, yeah, yeah. the difference there. And so, so then when you start to kind of see that you can repair, then de-escalation in a relationship looks like quicker repair time, so less length of distress a fight that used to last a week now lasts the weekend now lasts the day now can be corrected in a couple hours uh more awareness deeper conversations in moments of security so when we're not fighting we trust each other more we 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 can look more towards the positive intent and believe the good things about our partner we don't necessarily immediately go to attacking their character and so just some signs of de-escalation on a pursuer side and so we want to now just take us into the connect point the connect point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship small adjustments lead to big change over time take some time to practice with us now So in this connect point, we want you to take a few minutes and sit down together. And I want you to just really kind of conceptualize. Imagine yourself saying, hey, I don't want to trump drama or, hey, this is a thing that that I want to share with you versus the reactive protection that we normally fall into. And I want you withdrawers as your pursuing partner is, is sharing some of that. I want you to imagine what you might do. Could you engage with that? Could you hear that? Could you start to see like, oh, this is my pursuing partner telling me or giving me some clues on how to get it right for them, right? I want to validate just for a second the mistrust that's going to show up on both sides in this conversation. The mistrust the pursuer has, which is that this isn't going to work. I articulate this all the time. I, you know, 
I've told him before what I or whatever, you know, yeah. there there could be doubt that it's going to work. And then the mistrust on the withdrawer side. And by the way, both sides have great reasons for mistrusting. Yeah. But that withdrawer side that goes, oh, I don't know if that's going to land well. I don't know if I did that move and stayed engaged, it would be helpful. What we're asking pursuers and withdrawers to do is start to abandon the strategies that have worked for them or that they've used, let's say that way, for their whole lives. And now we're saying, try this new strategy. Good luck with that. You know, so just <laughs> know that your body might not trust this and that's okay. You can say, hey, this feels like a risky connect point, um, but I'm going to try it. Here is a strategy I might try that's a, a slicing it thinner or a half step. Yeah. If I did that, how would, if I said, I don't want to Trump drama, how would it land on you? And then withdrawers, see if that's something that, that you can take in. Maybe even say, I don't know. I don't know if it would land. Uh, maybe. I mean, be honest, but we're really trying to work toward now you guys are having a different conversation around what potentially is a hijacked interaction. And even that is more de-escalated than usual. Well, and again, if you're not, if, if you're in a hijacked situation, you're probably not going to be able to do this and maybe shouldn't. But if, if you're in a space where you can practice this, you're kind of both saying, Hey, I know that I do this thing. I, I'm aware of some of this right yeah. now. Then I would love for you to just practice talking about it. We're not trying to stop your fights with a podcast, right? Like we're not trying to make this an intervention. We're trying to make this just practice for the the times when things do start to show up. This is an early on in a fight move. It's not a late stage fight move, if that makes sense. Yeah. But we want to try to go, hey, this thing happens to me. And when it does, I'm going to try sharing some of this with you. Is that something you could hear? What would it be like for you to actually, as a withdrawer, take that perspective and understand the the stretch uh, that the pursuer is trying to make to keep, to keep things in a good space? And now it's time for you to go connect with your partner. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks, Thanks again. again.